0: Hey, podcast fam. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. And this week, Tara and I are going to be sharing with you all the five things that we wish we knew before we became moms. I think their list could be a lot longer than five. The list could be a lot longer
1: than five. And the list that I know of things since I've had a kid is even longer than that. The older he gets, the more I realize I don't know much.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And the things that we knew about raising infants and caring for infants is totally different than it is with his tween years. Yes. I know that the last couple of weeks have been a struggle for us in our house because we are dealing with the tech battle Mm -hmm. and how to limit screen time and all the other stuff. And one of the things that I wish I knew before the pandemic started was how much time he would be spending in front of the computer.
1: Yeah, like, yes. We knew as it was happening and we were trying to sort everything out we sort of leaned on it right because we were like well we got to figure this out so just right. watch this while we figure out what we're doing and then now I mean it's just we haven't really pulled back much and and you know we worry about it is it too much is you know it's moderation I don't know it's hard to say
0: yeah and I don't think we know until we're at the end of this what is all gonna look like and yeah. what is ultimately gonna be yeah because how do you just gauge if Sorry, pardon the pun, how do you gauge <laughs> if <In> motherhood <laughs> is successful, you know? We rely on our tagline, we're always constantly hashtag doing the best we can. Right, But there are ways that we could and possibly should do better. And that's why let's share this list that we've compiled yeah. for um, our
1: family. We're gonna do your five and we're gonna do my five. Let's do one and one. Okay, we'll do it that way. Okay, is perfect. That yeah, that's perfect. You can go first. <laughs> oh man, I knew you were gonna make me go, okay. <laughs> So um, I could, I didn't do these like in a top five, bottom five. So I'll just start out with one that was kind of funny, um, which is expensive baby shoes. Yeah, babies don't walk. So So, those really cute baby shoes. I mean, if you want to buy them, buy them. They're cute. But just know that they're just going to wear them one time and that's it. That's just for that one picture that you took. Yeah. (laughs) How many
0: baby outfits did you have that Gage never wore?
1: Oh, so many. First of all, Gage was born nine pounds. So we skipped like the newborn clothes. And so I had a whole stack of those and a whole stack of like little teeny tiny socks. Never fit that dude's foot. Mm -hmm. Never. And shoes too. So yeah, we had had a
0: lot of that stuff that he just never even wore. So one of the things that we can say is don't waste your money on the expensive baby shoes. (laughs) Save them for the preteen boy shoes. Correct. where they must have That's the Kobe right. sneakers that cost $225. That's right. And they'll try to get you. Those shoes are super cute. But their feet grow so big, they so quick. And they don't walk.
1: Guys, <laughs> infants don't walk. They don't even need shoes. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> Please listen to me. Get them cute socks and move on. <laughs> when we went back to school a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, I didn't do back-to-school shopping because right. we hadn't gone anywhere. And then I was looking at my kid and I said, man, we don't have any shoes. Yes, <laughs> Because the last time he wore closed shoes was in March. Oh my and gosh. all summer, he was just wearing flip flops and sandals. Yeah. And during the pandemic, we really stayed close to home. And so when he tried to on his shoes before he went to school, um, right around Labor Day, it was yeah. like, ooh, we have to go shopping. Yeah, yeah. We I will tell shopping. you, the, the shoe
1: thing is one of the places that I constantly feel like I'm failing. I cannot stay ahead of that kid's shoe (laughs) size. It'll be like two weeks into him saying my feet kind of hurt a little bit and me looking and going, oh, well, I can see your toes coming out of those shoes. So I guess you
0: need a new size.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shoes are tricky. So what's yours? Number five.
0: Well, this is in no particular order. But one of the things that I wish I knew before I had my son Mm -hmm. was that it is so important. To have a circle. A circle is essential. Yeah. And when you make that circle of friends and supporters and people that you can rely on, you have to be intentional with that choice. And you know, yeah. I would love to have a circle where I'm at the center of it because that's just who I am. <laughs> just nature. Yeah, but if you put your kid at the center and you put yourself out on one of the spokes on this wheel, it just runs a lot smoother.
1: I think that's a big one. I, I am chronically self-sufficient in all ways and was like no i got it i can do this i got this you know i would often like i had a circle but i would always find myself trying to give and give and not ask and Mm -hmm. so i think that that was for me it was important not just to know that i have a circle or to have a circle but to ask for help and support from those people when i needed it because that's that's where i struggle it's
0: so essential i would also Advocate for making sure that the circle is as diverse as possible yeah. and not just diverse in terms of ethnicity or gender, but diversity of thought. Yeah. You know, it's really important to make sure that we surround ourselves with people that are like hearted, but not necessarily like minded, because mm-hmm. we can just start to figure out where we are and what we're doing when you take into consideration some of the viewpoints of others. Yeah. And then let those people into the circle and realize, okay, we're all in this for the Benefit of this kid that we all love and mm-hmm. and all of our kids, and we want to just, you know, see them succeed and do the best for them. So,
1: yeah, I think you're right. I, um, uh, there were several people, I think people assume like when you say get a circle, it needs to be like a circle of moms. And I had, you know, single girlfriends and, uh, moms or just couples. I mean, you gotta have a lot of different people bringing different things to the table. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So I'm throwing it back to you. All too. right. So my next one, um, So the next thing I'll say that I wish I had known and, you know, people say it to you, but either I didn't hear it or I just didn't understand the complexity of it is that um, not only would I not feel like myself for maybe almost two years before I really started to feel a little bit like myself again, but that I still molecularly have never been the same since I had a kid, right? So I don't I understand, understand the you're big saying. words <laughs> that coming out of your mouth. So, you know, I had my son and of course, you're different for a while externally, you know, hormonally, there's a lot of things that are different when you have when, when I had my son. And but even as I started to kind of get the outside looking a little bit normal again, you know, starting to get back to things I liked and, you know, back to work and I just expected to sooner than it happened feel like I did before you know we've talked about before you know kid and after kid and I just I mean it was it was probably two years before I remember walking out of my house and being like oh okay I think I feel a little bit more like myself but even now 10 years later there are some things that have never really Gone back i've always i um, I think I'm always going to be just forever altered by mm. having him and and I don't think I realized that was going to be the
0: case. I realized I struggled with losing the baby weight for oh how old is Roman now <laughs> <laughs> eleven and a half years when I gave birth to Roman, I was like, oh, I'm going to give myself six, seven, eight months to yeah. lose the weight and the fact that I weighed the exact same eleven <laughs> years later. I, I can't really blame it on baby weight anymore. I have to blame it on what it is, and that's my love of Doritos. <laughs> And all things crunchy, margaritas, Mexican food. So I would love to blame blame it on the baby weight, but it's just comfort food.
1: This is who I am now. I am
0: forever molecularly altered.
1: That's right. (laughs) Because of this baby. That's
0: what I, that's my, that's my phrase for it. What about you? And because I love food, Mm -hmm. my next one is that you can never have enough snacks in the house. Okay. Okay. So
1: on my list, we're going we're to co-op both yeah, of this first. Okay, okay. So the next one on my list was going to be like, you have to feed them all the time, all the time, forever.
0: Well, here <laughs> it is with us and our spouses. I don't know if it was with you, but you know, we can go all day without eating. Yes. And intermittent fasting is a thing; it's yeah. a trend. My husband and I have done it at different points in our marriage. It's Like, I'm just not going to eat for 36 hours. Yeah. You cannot do that with a child no. and not have child protective services called on you. That's you know, right. that's right. It's like, don't they eat all the time? They all the time. And it's like. You're a growing child. And it's like, oh, dude, why are you eating again? Oh, why entirely? are you eating again? <laughs> and my heart goes out to people who have multiple children. I don't know how I, they're doing that. And how they navigate it. But I also, um, I read an article that only children tend to be the most picky eaters because they get catered to all the time. Really? Like when we grew up, you were just eating what was on the table. Right. Right. Like now I feel like I'm running a diner. Yeah. Like I cook for myself. I cook for my husband who would probably laugh when he hears that because he's like, really, I lady, did you cook? You <laughs> do you know? It's like, I cook for my kid. <laughs> and I'm. Making these custom made to order meals for him. It's like, well, what do you want for dinner tonight? When I was growing up, it was like, you were eating what's on the table or you're going to bed hungry. Right. You know, and I'm like, no, he has to have all the food all the time.
1: Well, we're going to have to have a whole se- a separate episode on that because Gage is also very picky and, uh, my husband and I both look at each other. We're just like, I think we messed this up. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't do we, this right. <laughs>
0: can we really revisit that? Because yeah. Roman just eats the same five things. Same. Yeah. One yep. of the things he does eat and he has eaten since he was two years old is salmon. Yes. That's one of his favorite foods. And when he was a toddler, he'd go to some of our friends' houses and they would ask him like, Roman, what do you want to eat? You want macaroni and cheese or grilled cheese sandwich? And he would, he ask would say, salmon. I want grilled salmon, <laughs> please. <laughs> and One of my friends called me. She said, what toddler asks for salmon? And was legit upset that she, she didn't have any in, his, in her house. And I said, listen, next time he comes over for a play date, I'm going to need you Send to yeah, yeah, I'm go to Costco yeah, right. and get you some salmon. So now you know. And that's one of his favorite foods. That's hilarious. So that was your third one. That was
1: going to be my next one, which is that you have to keep feeding these kids.
0: Okay. So I'm going to keep do on that. going. Please. Okay. please. Um, this next one is because I have worked a lot of hours and mm-hmm. been out outside of the home a lot since roman was born i went back to work when he was 18 months old it would just be to make the moments matter you know mm. they don't really care about the amount of time that you spend with them it's the time that you do spend with them we need to be fully present yeah It amazes me the things that he remembers about what I've done Mm -hmm. in his life and how I've shown up and when I've shown up. You know, he remembers all of the games I've gone to. He remembers when I volunteered at the field day at the school. Yeah. He doesn't remember all of the things behind the scenes and everything like that. But it's just making each moment with your kid and your family really matter.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think we've all kind of learned a little bit during this, you know, quarantine time, because we've all had to spend a lot more time together. You know, we're doing so it right. Much time. Yeah. And, and I think that was one of the things that Gage has said. Like, even though I have felt like it's a house on fire most of the time, I think he's really loved us being at home together, even though he's attached to the iPad or whatever. He just, he likes us being in the house together during the day. I can tell he's really enjoyed it. Even when we're not talking directly to each other, just being together. He loves that. How do you feel about it? I... I love it sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to lie. I do need a break. I mean, just mental energy wise, I do need to take my breaks. But um, it's been there have been really cool moments where I've been able to take a break and have lunch with him or take a break and go walk around the block with him. Or we've stopped and like watched an episode of something on Netflix for a break. And so we've had moments like that. And it's kind of nice to just especially knowing that he's over halfway out of the house, you know, yeah. you start to you start to look at these
0: double digit years like, oh, oh, this is going faster than I thought it would, you yeah. know? We have more years behind us than we yeah. do in front of us with these little humans in our yeah. lives. And that's why when we were thinking about what we could do as an episode, it was important to me to do this now because in our episode we talked with Sabrina Parsons about the different stages of her motherhood journey, right. mm-hmm. having older kids. It's like, well, What is that going to look like? But let's reflect a little bit about what it was like. And if Mm -hmm. people are at different stages, if people are still in the beginning of their motherhood journey, let them know like, okay, well, this is something that I wish someone had shared with me. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. The other thing I'll say that's kind of in line with what we were saying, a little bit different, is um, I wish someone had explained to me that kids don't grow or progress in a straight line, right? Mm. So- When I first had Gage, and I think this happens to a lot of people, you know, they give you all these like milestones and these things are supposed to do by a certain time or like, oh, don't, you know, I know the newborn phase sucks, but at 10 weeks, they start smiling. So just hang in there, you know, and I felt like I was always like just hanging on to the next Milestone, yeah, and and even as he started to grow and it started to get a little bit less linear, where it was like, Well, should he be doing this by now, or should he be doing that by now, or you know, or I look at other kids and I see, you know, they're a little better at this than he is, or things like that. I'm just coming to realize more and more, especially as he's gotten into these double digits, that um, it's just not a straight line, like sometimes it's a couple of steps forward, sometimes it's a couple of steps back, and uh you know, they just develop skills when they develop it and they grow into who they're going to be in whatever direction that is. And, and it's it's crazy that we don't, A, have any control over it and B, that there's no, um, nobody can write the book that gives you the step-by-step because there there is no step-by-step, you know?
0: Yeah. Looking at the milestones, did you feel like at some points of your motherhood journey, you were so consumed with looking forward to what was going to happen instead of just enjoying and being fully present in what was happening?
1: Yeah, I did that a lot, especially when he was um, like maybe in that first year, Yeah, you know, because it is hard when you're in it especially in the very beginning, and you're just kind of, you know, sleep deprived, and, you know, just and in, feel insane. And you're just ready for that to stop. <laughs> so you're just like, uh, what month does that stop?
0: It's <laughs> what you're googling, yeah, and it's like exactly the parenting right. guide
1: I'm to sorry. when does this end? <laughs> At what point will I stop feeling like this? You know, so yeah, I, I don't do it as much now. Um but I would say maybe for the first five years, like until he got into school, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're all you're like counting down when he starts school, you know. And I feel like for a lot of that first three or four or five years, I was constantly like worried about the next
0: milestone. Yeah. Yeah. Taking it back a little bit to um, when Roman was an infant, the first night he slept through the night, I was ecstatic. I mean, of course, I was up the whole night worrying. Right. If he was breathing. The, yeah, yeah. When he wake up, <laughs> I kept going. And, and poking him. Yeah. But then he slept through the whole night. And I thought.
1: You won the lottery? Had, yes,
0: crossed the finish line. Like this whole sleep training thing, we're done. Yeah. He's now we're sleeps through so the night. Lucky. <laughs> and he didn't sleep through the night again for like another five months yeah. after that. But I went on Facebook and I celebrated that victory. Like, my child slept through the night last night and he's only four months old. And yay, we've yeah. sleep trained. And other parents were like, <laughs> "Uh uh-huh. you just yeah. wait. Yes.
1: Yeah, Gage did that. Like, he did pretty well at the. Somewhere in the eight to 10 mark, he started to stretch some hours together and I was so excited about it. But then Gage went through, like like I was saying about the straight line, Gage went through a really strange sleep regression, like around 18 months. Mm-hmm. And so at a year and a half, I was like losing sleep again and I was losing my mind. And I was like, hey, Facebook, you know how we do, right? right? Is this happening to anybody else? And everybody's like, they just do what they do. They go through these phases. I'm like, that is not what
0: I was promised. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing that I would like to share, and I hope it comes across somewhat coherently, is there is a book mm-hmm. that changed my life in terms of how I relate to other people. And that book is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. The full title is The Four Agreements, A Practical Guide to Personal Freedom. But I wish that I had been able to take that book mm and apply it to motherhood. Yeah. Because it's not just a guide to personal freedom, it's a guide to parenting freedom. And there were four key principles and there the four agreements that you're supposed to make with yourself. Mm-hmm. Those are agreements that I would have taken and put into the context of parenting. Okay. And as I mother my child, I still like to look at these agreements and these are agreements that I try to make with him every day. And do you mind if I take a couple of Please. seconds to share I the have four agreements with you? Yeah. Okay, so the first one, is to always be impeccable with your word. And it's important to me to come to my son from a place of honesty and authenticity. And so he knows that he can trust me. Yeah, And I try to always be impeccable with everything I say. We had a falling out when he realized that I was the person putting the money under the pillow, you know, oh, yeah. Um, because he had trusted everything I said. Right. And when he found out, he was nine and a half or 10 years old and, okay. and a parent of another friend of his said, you know, that's not, that's not real. And when he came home, he's like, mommy, I heard that it's not real. Like, he's like, oh. I'll never trust you again. So what I try to do is uh-huh. always be impeccable with my word. Yeah. And the second thing is to not take anything personally. Oh my God. So important go, oh, kids with kids, especially when they have these little fits of anger. So
1: important. And,
0: and to not re- like, sometimes they just go through stuff yeah. and it is not about you. A hundred percent. Right. Yes. Have you found that?
1: Yeah. We just had this conversation with friends of ours last night. We were all talking about our kids and we we're talking about, you know, these little tiffs we get into. And I was sharing that. I was like, you know, I had to check myself at some point, because I realized I was getting pulled off sides by, you know, at the time, like a six-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. why is a six-year-old, why is I'm, why am I letting a six-year-old hurt my feelings like this? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, this is not about me. It's
0: it's so hard. yeah And they can push your buttons oh, God. like no one else. Yes. Right? Yes. Because I think it's like, oh, my gosh, the worst part of me yeah. is in you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at myself. I'm <laughs> looking at myself. This yes. little version of myself. And you are making me very angry. <laughs> It's so, it's so tough with kids. And I think too, because we see them, and my love for him is so unconditional. And they are brought here to just test the bounds of that. Yeah. Like, you know, and they don't do it on purpose. That's part of the human experience. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And recognizing that he's having his own human experience that's completely separate from me. Right. It's important. But I
0: take it all personally. Uh-huh, like, I think yeah. that he is, he's a reflection <laughs> of me. And that's what I say a lot of times. Like, you're a reflection of me? But, I, but he's not. He's not. He is his own person, yep. his own human. He's growing and exploring and experiencing this world. Yeah. And I am just a vessel and a vehicle to kind of help guide him along. And sort of himself. a witness. Yeah. A witness to it. And it's yeah. incredible. I'm, I feel so blessed to be his mother. Yeah. The third thing is to not make assumptions. Oh. Because sometimes when you have assumptions and you make these assumptions, it could lead to suffering. Yeah. One of our interns said to me the other day, you know, Miss Kanji, that pain is Necessary. Suffering is optional. Yeah. And motherhood is going to be a journey filled with pain. Mm. But how you are able to deal with that pain, the suffering part of it, purely optional. Yeah. You know, And I love that principle. And I love trying to apply it to motherhood. The very last one is to always do your best. Yeah. And that's on a personal level. That's something that I make sure that I speak over my son every single day when I can. Like, just leave the house, do your best, be your best. Yeah. When I leave him, that's what I say. It's like, do your best, be your best. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you a funny story from last week that's right in line with all that. And uh, so Gage is still doing at home school and and uh, we were going through his assignments and I was making sure he turned everything in and I didn't think he'd done a very good job on one of his writing (laughs) assignments and I told him that (laughs) (laughs) and he told me that I wasn't being very supportive and that he he gave it to his teacher and she said it was fine and I'm not his teacher and said if she said it was okay then I needed to back off and I looked at him and I said you know what you're 100% right. I am not your teacher and I'm not grading your assignments. Um, but I think what we will do is I'll let you turn that in and then I'm just going to talk to her because I think I need to check my expectations. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And so then the next day before I could even talk to his teacher, his progress report came out and he got like all A's, like all 99s, 98s. And so I I came home and I said, hey, Gage, you know, yesterday I said your work was very good and and you're right, I wasn't being supportive and you got all A's and and I apologize, you know, and I and I'm... I'm sorry. I'm going to you know, do my best to just help support you in your schoolwork and let you and your teacher figure it out.
0: And he was kudos. like, okay, kudos. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm doing he, my best y'all. And he's <laughs> doing his best. There yeah. we go. And so we have reached the end of our list. What is the last thing that you would like to share?
1: Um, the last thing Wait. for me is a little bit more specific, because I think it's so important, especially for new moms uh, going into this journey. But I wish that I had known you know, people talked a lot about postpartum depression Mm -hmm. before I had Gage. And a lot of people talked about like the baby blues. And so I think I was expecting sadness, you know, a little bit of it, you know, just knowing hormonally that would come. But what I did not know is that there's actually a complete spectrum for postpartum hormonal changes that include not just depression, but anxiety. Mm. And um, that postpartum anxiety actually looks a lot more like Rage and like uncontrollable anxiety and fear. Um, But it's all sort of on the same spectrum and needs to be talked about at the same lengths. And I was so unprepared for that. I was fully prepared for sad. I was fully prepared for, I'm probably going to be a little depressed. There's probably going to be a little bit of sadness. And so when it came out on the other side, for me, it was actually more of postpartum anxiety and it felt a lot more like rage really? and this really uncontrollable um, fear and rage. And I felt really ashamed. Like that felt like not okay, yeah. right? And now I've since, you know, i got help for all of that and I've since learned a lot more about postpartum anxiety and and those feelings and it's extremely normal and it's extremely on brand for for new moms um, but I just don't think people talk about it very much totally agree with you yeah, yeah. yeah. so I just you know I wish I had known that um, there's more than one way to feel
0: after you have a kid Yeah. <laughs> there's more than one way that's gonna look that's gonna look different for everybody and it's all okay yeah super <laughs> important to know yeah. yeah thank you so much for sharing that yeah. and sharing, being so vulnerable and open. And it makes my makes my last thing sound so super oh, trivial. No, 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 no. I brought it heavy, so you take it light. We're going to finish it out light. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so the one thing that I wish I knew before I became a mom... Yes. ...is that I would never be able to do a jumping jack again. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell you that. They don't. I've done CrossFit for mm-hmm. many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, obviously you know this because you were one of my indoor cycling students. Mm-hmm. But... Also, it was different after I had the baby. A little bit, a little bit, bit different. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to do jumping jacks, mm-hmm. and I realized that there are certain muscles that are activated when you do a jumping jack. That after you've floor had, it's just never the same. It is just never
1: the same. So,
0: if you are listening to this podcast and you have not yet experienced. delivery, (laughs) and you've not had a precipitous labor, Uh like I also had, then maybe you should start doing those Kegel or Kegel exercises. Yeah, Don't
1: poo-poo those exercises. Those are very important, ladies. Critical. Keep that pelvic floor in shape.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So that is our list of some of the things that we wish we had known before we embarked on this motherhood journey. Yeah. I'm going to actually throw an audible here and say sixth one. Okay. I also just wish I knew how fully and how deeply my heart could expand. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you they who's the they? But people always say you never really experience unconditional love until you've had a baby and Tara you touched on that a little earlier. Yeah. It's so important that we are raising these kids, and sometimes we feel like we're not necessarily doing the right thing by them or right. for them. Yeah. But if you just do your best, yep. Try hard, yep. And um, kind of trust the rest of it's going to work itself out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jason and I make jokes all the time. Like we know we're doing the best we can, and. You know, even if we did it exactly right, he'd probably find some reason to be mad
0: at us later on. <laughs> always We're gonna just gonna, be mad. gonna let
1: it roll. <laughs> We're just gonna do our best and let it go.
0: <laughs> and listen to their podcast in twenty-five right. years. Yeah. Roman and Gage are gonna have. <laughs> Quite a podcast! Oh my
1: gosh! I think I think they should do a. I, hey, Roman Engagement, might give you this idea right now. What you do is you listen to our podcast and then do your own podcast with commentary because we talked about you guys so much. You guys Ooh. get your chance to come back. And,
0: yeah. And come back, they will. They'll be <laughs> like, right. "You thought I was going to take care of you, that old lady." Right. <laughs> I know. And here we are with these only kids. We uh-huh. put all of our eggs mm-hmm. in this barrel, and they're going to be like Tara Kanji. Y'all need to find some place to live I, <laughs> when we're older right. and they adults. are going to listen to all this stuff back. That's right. Oh, man. Expectations, guys. We will see. It'll be so wonderful to see who they become. Yeah. yeah. It's so exciting. Yes. With that, we would love if you were to able to reach out to us and share some of the things that you wish you knew on your motherhood journeys. And maybe it's an area that we can revisit um, in another episode a little later on.
1: That would be fun. Yeah. Come see us on uh, IG and, and share with us there. And then maybe we can come back and do a follow up. I love that Some idea. stuff. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. That sounds fun.
0: And so with that, we are going to wrap up this episode. We thank you for spending time, for sharing space, and hopefully for sharing a few laughs with us. Absolutely. Thank you
1: guys so much for joining us. We have so much fun getting the feedback. As always, remember that if you're listening to us on Apple or on Google, you can subscribe to the podcast and on uh, Spotify, you can follow us. We're also on the Amazon podcast platform, so you can find us anywhere you're listening to podcasts. Uh, make sure you're leaving us those reviews, leaving us your feedback. Let us know how we're doing. We love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, family. Take good care.